I love training things at height and then just going low, lower, lower until I can't go lower anymore. <laughs> and uh, I think that's that's not something you see a lot in tricking. Tricking people don't really practice stuff off height a lot. Um, so I think that's why I can do a lot of those big skills on the floor despite not really being like a tricker or anything like that. What's up, guys? Today's guest is a 17-year-old parkour and free-running athlete. Please welcome to the Jamcast, Jaden Harris. What's up? What's up, dog? <laughs> welcome to Los Angeles. Thank you. Man, I heard you got in super late last night. Yep. Yeah, I got in at like 3 a.m. after the... turned. I like fell asleep on the plane and then woke up because the flight attendant was like, oh, what are you doing? And my tray table was down and I was like leaning back and it turned <laughs> out we were just like rolling around in the lot instead of actually flying. You hadn't taken off yet. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> well, yo, mad, mad respect and thanks for making this happen. For those that don't know, he landed at like three, uh, mm. woke up at nine to come make this happen in the morning. So <laughs> mad thanks, man. And where were you coming from? You're out in New York, I think training, right? Yeah. Yeah. So my dad had some work in New York. So um, we flew out there and kind of made it like a family trip. Nice. And I went to a gym down there called the Brooklyn Zoo. Of course. Yeah. And then, um, and then just came right over here for the comp. Crazy, yeah. man. And so for those that don't know, you're in town because you are competing at Tempest's Kings of the Concrete competition. Mm -hmm. And I think you won the online qualifier. That's how you got your spot? Yeah. Uh, well, I didn't. You I qualified didn't through yeah, the I online qualified through yeah. there, like fourth or something. But yeah. Crazy, yeah. man. That's super cool. And so who'd you travel out here? Would you come with your family? Yeah, just with my parents and my brother. From New York, yeah. Nice, man. I did. I heard an interview before where you said your parents are super supportive. They kind of plan trips around places they want to visit as well, and so you kind of get to go to cool spots like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my parents love it traveling around, and there's always a gym somewhere, or like people somewhere, even if there isn't a gym, so I can always get something done. Totally. And where are you originally from? Like, where do you call home? Uh, so I'm like I'm like Palo Alto area, like nice. between San Jose and San Francisco, right down there. That's an expensive area. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think that's why we get to see you train a lot of times over at mm -hmm. a Sessions Gym, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's about 20 minutes from me. And then I have like Riker, Jake, and Ryan like right next to me as well. I know you know Ryan. Yeah. Crazy. Dude, that's so crazy. It's cool that you guys have like a, a group of you that are young and kind of around the same age group, so to speak, that you can train together and push each other. Mm, yeah. It's been really cool like training with them and they all have like the same sense of humor as me and stuff. It's been really fun man that's crazy and so obviously we mentioned at the start of the interview you're only 17 years old mm -hmm. i think you were 10 when you started how did you get into parkour and free running um well originally so i i competed in skiing like slope style skiing do like no flips and way. stuff off jumps and spins and uh i went to like woodward tahoe to like train for that on the trampolines and stuff and eventually they like well i was just doing i started doing flips on the floor after like just you know in a spring floor and stuff i was like oh this is kind of fun and then they introduced the parkour program I was like, okay, this kind of seems like what I'm having fun doing. Maybe I should give this a shot. And I transitioned over from skiing to that and been doing it since. No way. So yeah. were you able to flip on the ground before skiing, or did you just primarily practice stuff on the trampoline? Yeah, uh, I just practiced stuff on the trampoline, and then one day I was like, okay, I can do like backflips and sideflips and stuff, but I didn't know what parkour was and stuff yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is crazy. And is skiing something that runs in your family, or how would you get into that sport? It's pretty unique. Yeah, uh, well, we didn't live too far from Tahoe. Uh, so we always went like skiing and snowboarding since like I was like four or something. We always went up there and then, well, now I haven't skied since like the day I stopped skiing. Like I competed in a comp. I was like the, it was like the finals for my age group. I like got seventh. I was like, yo, and all my homies were like, yo, that was crazy. And then I was like, all right. <laughs> you gotta go uh do parkour no yeah. way that's wild and were you obviously i know your parents are supportive now but what did they think about that transition in the beginning was it something they accepted or how did they go along with it it was definitely like mixed feelings because uh we 
We went up to Tahoe every single weekend, which is a three-hour drive for them. Uh, so they loved skiing. They loved having an excuse to go up and ski, but also it was pretty taxing some weekends. So they were like, okay, this is pretty cool, but also kind of unfortunate. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And I mean, at this age, though, I mean, with how young you are, did you play any other organized sports or was that literally at the transition from skiing straight into parkour? Um, I did a lot of soccer. A lot oh. of soccer, yeah, because my mom owned like a, a soccer league, so she wanted me to get into it too. Crazy. Got pretty good at it and haven't done that in a while either. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild, man. That's wild. And so when you first started off, uh, obviously you had chances to go to Woodward Tahoe, but did you just mm. start training locally at open gyms? Did you take any formal classes? Like, how did you get into the sport formally? Yeah, uh, I would say Woodward Tahoe was like really what I was doing for the first few years. Like, I would go, I would still go, even after I stopped skiing, I would still go up most weekends and and train there just because the facility is so perfect for, cool. you know, learning new flips, you know, progress different surfaces. And yeah. And then, uh, and then I started going to like outside spots more, uh, as I would get more comfortable training. And then obviously I found sessions when I moved closer to San Jose. Nice. And how many days a week were you training? Like in those beginning years, no. <laughs> <laughs> I used to make it like an actual strict habit for me to train every other day. Okay. Um, I, I don't know why I wasn't training for comps or anything. I just really wanted to train every other day and keep myself disciplined that way. Uh, and then now I just train whenever I feel like it, which is usually more often than every other day. I was going to so. say, now <laughs> you're probably training like five days a week or yeah. something. Yeah. That's crazy. And so how were you able to balance this with school? Because that's one thing that's kind of unique about starting a sport at that age is obviously those are kind of pivotal years, especially uh, some parents really stress college and the importance of higher education. So how were you able to balance it all? Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> after school... After school, as long, well, sometimes in the year, it doesn't get dark till like 7.30, so after school, it wasn't too hard to do homework, and then just like ride around on my bike and go to some spots, and then when it does get dark early, uh, well, now I have a cool backyard setup that I just go out and train in, so it's seen not, that, yeah. yeah, so it's not too hard to train after doing some homework, or do homework afterwards, uh, and then I'm not super far from my school right now either, so I can just go home and train on that. It's not too bad to balance it. Okay. And did you find like that your skiing background had any like impact on your training style? Like, did you find yourself scared of being on the concrete as compared to the snow? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I always like, I always thought it was a super big landmark to take a trick from, you know, a soft surface like grass or sand to concrete because I was always so scared of that surface because on skis all the time I would just like body something and be like sick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, on concrete, you know, if I do that, I'm taking a nap for a while. Wow, that's wild, man. So I know you mentioned that you have competed in skiing, but do you ever go ski for fun nowadays or? No, because <laughs> every time I go up to Tahoe, I'm like, okay, I could ski, but also Woodward is my favorite gym ever, even after all these years going there. So I just end up going there, training the entire day till like 9 p.m. and then going to sleep. Wow. <laughs> and so how do you manage and mitigate soreness? Are you at the age still where you really don't feel the soreness and you can just go every day? I definitely, uh, I get sore. Yeah. Uh, it depends on like what the level is, but usually I, it's the level of soreness where I can still keep training. And yeah, uh, when I, when I practice like floor tricking stuff, I get super sore. <laughs> and then, so if I am super sore, then I just do more free running flow type stuff. Yeah. It is kind of funny how you say that. Cause like me and Bailey, I train together with Bailey Payne a lot and mm -hmm he'll train outside every day on parkour and then we'll have one tricking session and he's like my hips and my back are wrecked <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like i'm trying to think like why is that and i'm thinking maybe it's the spring floor because the bouncing maybe the vibrations and then i know if you implement kicking obviously that's just a whole another world that it does on your body you know mm -hmm. uh i think it's i think tricking takes a lot more 
uses a lot more fast twitch muscles, which get like pretty tired really fast because there's so much stability involved in like ankles and knees. And then when you're running, you can be really loose with it. You can roll out of like everything. You don't have to stomp stuff. I think that's a big part of it. You also don't have to jump off your legs every time. You can do like <laughs> castaways and stuff. <laughs> but you still take it impacts, man. And so, yeah. yeah, I mean, with that being said, I know that one thing that kind of had a kind of like a crucial crucial like impact on your life was a knee injury i think when you're like 14 right yeah, yeah. Lovely, well what lovely happened exactly uh yeah so for a while i was training like super often and like my knee was getting swollen and stuff and i kind of ignored it i wasn't i didn't like know much about my body at all at that time and then i trained at a competition in texas i was training for like a really cool run that i was super excited about but obviously my knee was like swollen after like training those few days for the comp because that's just what it was doing at the time and uh, I wanted to end with a gate full. And I was practicing ending that, ending with that gate full. I did the whole run, ended with it, and I was like, "Huh, felt something really weird in the air." It was like it was like a popping sensation on my leg. I was like, "But it didn't hurt. I landed, and I, I guess I'm good." So I did the same run, did it again, and with the gate full, I was like, "Exact same thing just happened. This is a little sketch." Wow. So I like, <laughs> I went off to the side, and I jumped up. I jumped down, and when I came down, it felt like like my tibia like separated from my quad. It felt terrible. And, uh, yeah, and I was just, like, on the floor. I was like, yeah, that was not good. Uh, and it turned out on those gate folds, I was, like, since my knee was swollen and I was kicking really hard in, like, an off-axis direction, my uh, my kneecap dislocated no and relocated. Way. And when it relocated, it smacked my femur both times <laughs> when, when I did that run, and it shattered all the cartilage underneath it. Uh, yeah, so they had to put that together, like, a puzzle piece doing the surgery. Damn. Yeah, and it took a long time to heal that one. But and so what was the final prognosis, like torn meniscus and what else was ligaments torn too? Or? No, all my, li- all my ligaments were fine. I just had, I had loose ligaments, obviously, after dislocating it, but luckily they were all still healthy, but just the cartilage underneath it was in shambles, so I couldn't like walk properly and stuff like that. Crazy. Uh, so they put all that together with a bunch of fancy glue and stuff. I don't, I don't know the science behind <laughs> it, but, <laughs> but it feels great now. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty crazy, man. And so how, how did that affect you coming back? Like, what was the recovery time on that, and how did it affect your confidence? Yeah, so they told me it would take, like, six months to recover because, obviously, cartilage doesn't heal Yeah, there's no all. blood flow to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not like ligaments. Um, so it took, like, that first six months, and then I was like, okay, I can walk and run and stuff. But to actually train was like eight months before I was actually like jumping my like max height at the time. Uh, and then it was like another like two months till I was actually starting to get back to back all my skills that I had before. Wow. So like total like 10 months process and then maybe another two months to actually like be the exact same. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy, man. What's been cool though to see is that obviously if you, you've continued to progress. There's some people that after an injury, they kind of never get to do, get to be the same, never get to land the same tricks, but you've obviously mm-hmm. landed way more tricks since then, including yeah. standing to back, you know, like scoop full ins and things like that. Um, how are you able to progress and do these like such high level tricks on the flat ground? Cause obviously a lot of people in parkour and free running can do them off of height drops. Mm-hmm. Uh, how have you trained to be able to do all these moves on flat ground? Yeah, I, um, I love training things at height and then just going low, lower, lower until I can't go lower anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I think that's, that's not something you see a lot in tricking, tricking people don't really practice stuff off height a lot. Um, so I think that's why I can do a lot of those big skills on the floor, despite not really being like a tricker or anything like that. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, just doing dub backs. I like I progressed it off like a foot and then I was like, okay, I got this off like six inches. And then the day I landed it, I did it off like, off like an inch out and landed straight up. And I was like, 
Huh. <laughs> Could probably, uh, probably do this on the ground. Science. <laughs> That's crazy, man. And what was the harder one to achieve between like dub back or like full ends on flat? Hmm. Um, I think mentally I find dub back really hard, but physically it's not too bad. Uh, and then full in, full in physically was really hard for me because I really had to work around with my scoot uh, until yeah. it was like perfect for that particular flip. Yeah. Scoot is not a powerful setup for me. It's not. <laughs> I'm like, why am I even doing this setup, man? <laughs> I feel like it gives me nothing. Yeah, it's just like the thing. Scoot is like the setup I grew up with, though, because fearing we do stuff off stuff. Uh, and right. like Scoot is the perfect setup for going off stuff because you can always spot the ledge in front of you. Totally. So that's just what I'm most comfortable with. So I had to tweak it a bit to do the full in on the floor, but uh, I still love it. <laughs> Crazy, man. And now obviously another aspect of your training is uh, we've been starting to see you take like high level moves and add the element of precisions into them. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, for example, like dub side precisions, which was crazy <laughs> and things like that. Um, how do you get over that? Like, do you ever still get fear or nervousness outside when you attempt a new skill like that? Or are you able to just kind of overcome it easily after years of experience? Yeah, um, I, I get a lot of fear. Yeah, uh, definitely just working working through stuff, what we did for the dub side precision is we got a couple sweaters and we lined it up on the grass. Ooh, okay. And then yeah. I did some dub sides up there and was able to stick it onto those sweaters a couple times in a row. I was like, okay, I'm still terrified, but uh, <laughs> this is better. <laughs> and then on the first one, first one I actually over-rotated and like kind of like rolled off the ledge and it was spooky, but I was like, okay, I hit it. I'm pretty confident in this now. Yeah. So all, all it took was just opening at the right time. I knew I would hit the ledge. Uh, so yeah, I, I got over it pretty fast but it was still like very nerve-wracking are there any times that you ever like get too nervous of a skill and walk away from it or you do you try to like overcome it on the spot hmm. <laughs> um that's it's pretty rare that i do that <laughs> uh yeah uh with, with the dub side pre i like we got to the spot and i was i like didn't really want to do it but I said, I said to Jake, who I was training with, uh, I was like, okay, so I don't want to do this at all. Especially because it was off it was off one of those grates where, like, you look through the grate and it's like a 10-foot drop. Yeah. You're totally. like, oh, man, I feel like I'm going to fall through this. Yeah. But, but I told him, like, I feel like nobody else is going to hit this right now, so I should I should be the one. This is the perfect spot. I think I got to do this. Uh, so after working up to it, I was like, yeah, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> Crazy, man. And now I don't mean to put any pressure on you, so if you don't want to answer this, you can avoid it. But uh, are there any high-level skills or tricks that are still on your wish list that you're trying to achieve? Yeah, yeah. So I, I put, like, a lot of them on pause for this comp because I don't want to just, like, you know, wreck myself on accident. Uh, but I really want to uh, get quads at, like, a chest height because I feel like nobody's really doing that yet. And I, I have triples to the point where I can start overspinning them a little bit and feel out the quad. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I really want to start getting quads to a point where like nobody is doing quads. Uh, and I've just put that on pause because quads are like so scary for the ankles totally. uh, just because you're spinning for so long. Yeah. But after this comp, something I'm definitely going to be working diligently on. Crazy. And what do you credit your like uh, your ability to spin so quickly? Like, do you do any certain techniques or cross training in order to get that quicker? Or is it just repetition upon repetition? Um, well, when I was skiing, I was like known for spinning really fast too. Uh, okay. Like I would do like 900s and stuff. Um, and always try and do them off like low jumps. So I guess just like, I, I would say it's just repetition because I was doing that so much. I think I just built up the right muscles uh, in my core and stuff. And I can always stay really tight and, you know, get those spins around. And then also setups help a lot. I think people undervalue setups. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah. And now when you're twisting, are you someone that twists like uh, arm across chest, arm across waist? 
I always grab my hand. I know, and that's what I was going to ask you about. It's a unique thing, and I yeah. wanted to know the reason why. Yeah, I I play around with a lot of different texts with everything I do until something feels easier. And uh, I used to always try and do like the solo flow twist, or like one elbow was out, or like uh, I would try and do like Josh Malone. I tried his like tuck yeah. tech and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. And then one day I just like I grabbed my hand. I was like, wait. <laughs> I'm going real fast here. No uh, and I think it definitely depends on like body type because some people will be faster, you know, doing other stuff. Uh, but for me, just grabbing my hand and pulling into my chest is what really got me around, and it felt controlled too at the same time because I could always just, you know, open my arms yeah, and, and stop the spin. And do you do any cross training or anything to increase your fast twitch muscles or your ability to jump and be springy at all, or is it just through the sport? Uh, I do a lot of uh, like knees over toes guy stuff. Ah, okay. Yeah, okay. Was, I started off doing that because I needed to recover for this, and I could. I was a. Uh, I couldn't like touch my cheek to my uh, to my heel. I yeah. couldn't get that range of motion, so I started doing a lot of his stuff. And then I also like through that process of recovery and therapy, I also started jumping a lot higher and getting that mobility. So crazy. That was super helpful. That's super cool, man. And now one thing that is unique about yourself, especially at a young age, is uh, you've had the opportunity to compete at several different competitions. And it's not something that everyone in our sport chooses to do. Some guys just love being practitioners and put up videos and stuff. Um, mm. How old were you when you entered your first parkour comp and what made you want to enter it? Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was 12. Yeah, I was 12 at the time, and it was actually in the United Kingdom. <laughs> that was my first comp, uh, the Project Underground one. Yes. I don't remember which one it was, maybe seven or something. Uh, but, yeah, I remember I remember seeing all the three-run guys, because those were the first guys I watched, Team Three Run, when I first learned about parkour. Totally. And I was like, oh, they're all going to this one event. I, And, you know, my family's, like, very fortunate, luckily. Uh, like, my parents work really hard. So they were able to come with me, find me out there. And... Um, yeah, it was funny. They they had like age groups like uh like 12 like 12 to 16 and then, you know, under that and I was like just turning 12 at the time. So I ended up asking them to like bump me up so I could try and go with the with the like guys that are really respected up there. Well, obviously not the adults, but like the teens, like Travis Burkake was there and yeah. and like Josh Moore and those guys were nuts to look up to. Uh and I like did, I did pretty well. It, it's a it's a funny run looking back at it now, just like flow wise and how I thought about things. But uh, I think I got like third or something, and I was super happy with it. Super cool. Yeah. And and what made you want to enter a competition? Do you do it just for the satisfaction of trying to compare your your skills to others, or what is it that that uh, draws you into it? Um, hmm. Well, I liked competing in skiing before. I, I liked just you know that rush before you do a run. It's like it was like the same in parkour. Uh, and then also like I'm the kind of person that just likes to spin and flip as many times as you can, <laughs> which is like a pretty good style for comps. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, okay, this could work out well. <laughs> totally, man. And now I know one thing that was also unique was that I, as a youth and obviously at the age you are now, you started entering the adult divisions. Mm. Um, I, I think I heard an interview once where you said that, you know, in certain regions, it just felt kind of like unfair, a little too easy to compete against some of the youth competitors and things like that. Mm. Um, what is that like? Like, do you, do you find yourself at a disadvantage because of your age and, and your body or, or do you feel like you're on par to compete with the adults? Um, I think I think I'm on part to compete with the adults. Um, definitely, definitely is going to be hard on the body, no matter what like age group I'm in. I'm probably still going to throw the, down the same run, uh, just because you know I want to I want to do my best, not like compare myself to other people too much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then you know, but I don't want to just like it, it was back back when like WCPK didn't have like all the homies competing in it. I was yeah. like, okay, 
I'm not having a lot of competition here, so I should probably like start bumping myself up. I don't want to just get, you know, first without, you know, uh, well, I don't want to just not try my best and get first. I want something to really like push me to totally. want to do my best. So I you know, bumped myself up up there and started competing with the uh, the big guys. Yeah, <laughs> totally, man. And so, do you have dreams of ever competing in Art of Motion, or is there a competition that you really want to enter and win one day? Mm-hmm. Um. Well, I really want to do well in NFPC because I competed ah. in NFPC and got out on I got out on the uh, the like qualifying round because it's qualifiers and then finals and then big trick. Totally. And I really wanted to do a big trick, but I got out that run and I was like, oh, I gotta I gotta come back soon and and win. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that was like right before the pandemic too, so that was the last one they did with Max's Dubside Pre. Okay. Uh, so you know, I'm still looking forward to when they bring that back and see if I can do well in that. Now, with the exception of obviously probably uh, not training dangerously to avoid injuries, do you yeah. do anything differently when it's competition time to get yourself prepared for them? Yeah, yeah. So for this comp especially, this comp, the KOTC that we're doing tomorrow, um, I've had to train pretty differently because it's bracket style. So if you do well, yeah. you have to do four runs on yes. like concrete in a row. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I should definitely switch up my training. Uh, so I definitely practiced... What I, what I mainly practice is not stomping things and keeping the momentum going because that's okay. what's going to really preserve my joints and muscles when I do these runs. Like if I'm going to do like a dub side off something like six feet high, I don't want to just stomp it like I usually do. I need, to, I need to roll out of it, cart out of it or something to make sure I'm still feeling healthy by the time I, if I do these other runs, which hopefully. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a super unique format tomorrow. I'm excited to be mm-hmm. there. Um, I, I can't wait. I think what's cool about KOTC is that... Um, they're not really going for like the minute long runs. They kind of mm-hmm. like the format of the internet runs that they did for the Love comp. That. So mm-hmm. they're kind of going for like shorter impact runs and then it's head to head. So it's literally at the end of it, they're just going to raise the name of someone mm-hmm. that moves on. <laughs> so do you, do you, do you think this format will be more enjoyable for you or is it more stressful? Um, I think it will be enjoyable for me because um, I love doing short runs. I was actually, before I realized they were cutting the runs down, I was practicing doing long runs. I was like, it's kind of frustrating. But <laughs> uh, so I love doing short runs. I think that'll be super fun. And then I also like that they're doing like, you know, each judge has a vote and yeah. then whoever gets majority vote is the winner uh, because there's no like specific criteria like some comps have. Like I don't have mm-hmm. to do a bar trick. I don't have to do, you know, specific tricks like that. I can just do, you know, I can do me. I can do a cool combo. Yeah. And uh, it'll still do well. Yeah. yeah, I love that a lot. It's more based on like overall impact, like whose run was the uh-huh. coolest, you know? Exactly. And I it's like pretty easy to compare ones one on one. It's like, okay. Yeah. yeah. I like <laughs> that one more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope it's that easy tomorrow. So, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, is there anyone that you're looking forward to competing against or that you haven't had the chance to train with in person before? Yeah. I was talking to Evan Leslie. I was telling him I'm so excited to compete against him. And he was like saying the same thing because we have like pretty similar styles uh, and have both like been talking about this comp for a while now. Um, and I, I've trained with him like once or twice cause he lives like three hours North of me. Okay. But, uh, I'm, I really hope like not, not in the early rounds. I want to go against him in like the late rounds <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cause I, I want to see both of our runs and you know, I think, I think both of us will do really well. Hell yeah. I'm super looking forward to it, man. I, I'm super blessed. I have the easy job. I get to be the host of it. So like I just get to run around and be, have the best seat in the house and then mm-hmm. you guys have all the pressure. So sending you positive wishes, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm really excited for that. <laughs> It'll be sick, man. Uh, so yeah, with that being said, dude, like I know one of the other things that's really unique about your perspective and I don't know if it's changed since this interview, but I heard once before that you talked about how 
you wanted to keep parkour and free running as like a fun hobby as opposed to putting the pressure on it of being a job or a career so that it maintained being fun. Mm. Do you still have that same mindset or do you have goals of like making this a career eventually full time? Um, <laughs> I think I, I still have that same mindset. It's a bit different now with them releasing like Instagram bonuses and stuff like that because you can, you can make it a career while still keeping it fun, which I don't have access to it yet, sadly, but uh, <laughs> I know maybe sometime in the future. Uh, so I would definitely like to, you know, make some money off that, but not, I don't want it to be my main focus because then I'm just going to, I'm going to be really bored <laughs> if I start doing that. Totally. But uh, sometime in the future, I would definitely, I would love to like open a gym or something, which is kind of like, kind of like having parkour for and being like a professional thing. Totally. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just movement wise, I want to keep it, keep it to me um, going for my goals instead of uh, going for money. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And so you're kind of at that age right now where, you know, I got to ask this, like how many years left of high school do you have and what's your plan after it? Yeah. So I'm finishing my junior year right now. So then I have my senior year right after. And then, uh, yeah, I do want to go to college. Okay. Um, I was hoping to apply to some in SoCal down here because it'd be fun training down here with all the homies. And then, you know, uh, other, other colleges around the States where I know people would be really cool too. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool, man. And so obviously at the level that you're at right now, you're at the point where you're, you know, competing on the world stage against, you know, very high level athletes. Mm. Uh, is there anyone that you watch yourself for inspiration or anyone that you still look up to? Yeah. Yeah. So I've been watching a lot of like Joey Adrian's old stuff. Oof, he's <laughs> a then, comp master. And then I was like, oh, he's a judge. That's perfect. I hope I like, I hope some of his style rubbed off on me after watching all these because he is such a perfect comp style and like he can connect everything perfectly, seamlessly. So I'm really hoping I can get that that done tomorrow. Yeah, uh, yeah, man. Super cool. And then outside of parkour and free running, is there anything that you do to just kind of relax or on your off time? Or is it pretty much the sport takes over your entire life? Hmm. Uh, watching TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doing a lot of that lately. Uh, I have like a, I have a weird school schedule where I have like some days I have a ton of free time that I don't know what to do with. And some days I'm like at school till like five. Okay. Um, so on those days, you know, I, I only train for like two or three hours a day. So like after that, I'm like, what do I do now? <laughs> uh, so aside from like homework, I just like watch Netflix and then I've been playing some video games lately. It's been fun. Super yeah. dope. Okay, dope, man. Yeah, it's just crazy to think about, man, that you're at a age where you still have responsibilities such as like going to school as comparative to having to work a job and things like that. So mm. it's cool to see where you're at and, and hopefully we'll get to watch you continue to grow and things like that over the years, man. Yeah. Excited for Super that. dope. So yeah, this is a question that I ask, you know, kind of everyone before we get out of here and things like that. But uh, mm -hmm. where do you see yourself five years from now? And then where do you see yourself 10 years from now? Hmm. <laughs> uh, five years from now, I would definitely like to be, that's when I'd really like to be competing in the comps and winning. <laughs> like, right, like right now I'm like, I want to compete in a comp and like do my best and, you know, like show people what I've got, but it, I'm not always going to win. That's okay. But at that time, I think after training for that long and training the way and progressing the way I am now, I would definitely like to be at the top of my level and, you know, taking home a lot of, a lot of golds. Nice, man. <laughs> and then yeah. what about 10 years from now? 10 years, I would definitely, I, I would like to own a gym, but it's not like super solidified in my mind right now because a lot can happen in 10 years, obviously. Uh, but that would be a really cool thing to do, especially because um, between like San Jose and San Francisco, there isn't like really a gym right now. And I'd love to put one down there just cause I knew when I was growing up in San Francisco, I really was looking for a gym. Yeah. Uh, and there was like, there was one called Acro Sports that's really cool in San Francisco, but uh, I, it wasn't like a full on parkour gym. It was mostly like gymnastics. So I would mm -hmm. love to open something like that 
uh, in that area. Hell and I think that'd be a lot of, a lot of fun. Super dope, man. Well, yeah, like I said, thanks for making the time to come through here. I'm really excited to see your runs live tomorrow at the competition. <laughs> uh, I'll be screaming on the mic as loud as I can. Uh, and yeah, man, hopefully you'll get the chance to train with some more of the guys out here in SoCal. And uh, if you yeah. ever visit, just, you know, hit us up and let us know. Yeah, we'll do. I've actually been here. I, I was here once very briefly because I was like kind of kind of heading back towards um, uh, NorCal and it was like a little bit on the way. And uh, I was, like, super tired, but I thought this facility was amazing. Like, I love how you set up, like, the pit at the top with the ledge, and then it also has the five-foot drop right next to it. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, like, the perfect setup. Oh, so I definitely, if I do open a gym one day, I would definitely do something similar to that. Hell yeah, man. Well, you're always welcome. Anytime, just hit us up. And, awesome. uh, yeah, man, looking forward to seeing everything that the future holds for you. Yeah, excited. Dope, man. So, yo, before we get out of here, can you just look in this camera and let people know where they can continue to follow you and stay up to date with your own personal journey? Yeah. Um, Follow me on Instagram, Jaden1Harris, J-A-Y-D-E-N, and then the number one. Uh, and then got a YouTube channel. I'm not posting on it super frequently right now, but I posted a cool YouTube video like like a month or so ago that uh, has a lot, of bi- a lot of my biggest tricks in there. If you want to get, you know, kind of familiar with my style or something like that, I definitely recommend giving that a watch. Uh, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> With that being said, guys, please be sure to hit that like button, comment, subscribe for brand new episodes each and every week. Join us every Monday for Jam Breakdowns and every Friday for a brand new Jam Cast, interviewing influential members of the movement community like Mr. Jaden Harris himself. So that being said, guys, I got to give one more very special shout out. Thanks for coming through, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hell I was yeah. super psyched to see that you reached out. I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, and as always, guys, coming at you, coming through, I'm your host, Travis Wong. Thanks for joining us here on another Jam Cast. Until next time, see you all soon. Peace.